Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Jeremy Nell on today's news talk radio, TNT. It's a hot day here in Cape Town, bottom tip of the African continent. A little bit cooler than this time yesterday. It's around 32 degrees Celsius. Still pretty warm. Uh, I think Greta is very happy to hear that it's uh, that it's summer here yeah, because according to Greta, you know, seasons don't exist. Everything is just hot. Boiling is the term actually, global boiling. Anyway, send me an email, jimwarfare at tntradio.live. Um, as always, jump into the live chat. And uh, if you're watching, it's a great pleasure to have you. Uh, if you want to know where to watch or listen, just go to TNT's website. All the links are there. There's a pile of them. Uh, <laughs> there's so many options now to listen to, to watch. Even if you miss the show live, you can just download it afterwards. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. It's just so, so easy these days. Anyway, um, myself, Alex, and Joel will be with you for the next hour. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The world's most hated cartoonist right now. Bob Moran, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Oh, what an introduction. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, um, my parents <laughs> would be very proud. Uh, some people still love me. Um, there are some people out there. I'm, I'm more of a Marmite cartoonist, I think. Um, uh, listen, I've got, to, I've got to ask you, though. I mean, have you, in the last two weeks, have you, have you become kosher? <laughs> I've become kosher. I've said, I've, I think I've become not synonymous with the word to an extent. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting word. I, 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 we're going to talk about gardening, aren't we? That's what. We're let's talk to. about gardening. Yes, let's talk about gardening, <laughs> growing veggies. Very, very, very controversial topic these days. Gardening, obviously. Uh, horticulture, to be to be more accurate. Horticulture. Yeah, if you want to be sniffy about it. Um, yes. If you if you're an expert, so. Yeah, I mean, one of the and things we, we trust the experts, by the way, Bob, we, we trust the experts, particularly always, in, in gardening. Always, always trust the experts in gardening. Uh, they're, they're ver there's various different um, schools of thought on gardening of, of what to do if you've got, say, a problematic uh, weed, you know, in your garden or, or maybe in your neighbor's garden. Um, so there's all these types of knotweed, you know, like uh, Palestinian, I mean, um, Japanese knotweed, for example, say, say you had Japanese mm. knotweed next door you know and you're very worried that it might come over to you and cause some damage and what could you do and you know some gardeners would say well you could go over and talk to your neighbors and ask them if they could help you sort it out um, but maybe that wouldn't work so perhaps you could covertly go into your neighbor's garden overnight with a special team and try and deal with the weed without without damaging anything else but um there's a there's a very new school of thought on this which you'll, you'll hear lots of leading gardening experts suddenly saying which is that you should just uh bomb your neighbor's garden to hell until there's nothing left at all um they have no garden and nothing can mm. grow there again but but you've dealt with the weed you know um yeah that's that's the way gardening is going now i i'm i'm not really a fan though of i don't know about you but it's just my personal view but i'm not, I'm not really a fan of of going in and just destroying my neighbor's garden no, the scorched earth tactic. Mm, so mm. I'm not a fan of it, which uh, people have picked up on, I think. Um, 
it's very you're not really allowed to to say that anymore though um you're not allowed to suggest there might be other ways of dealing with things like that uh what's the you know when you go out in the gut in the morning german and the the grass is quite wet you know um what's that called uh in the you know the moisture on the on the grass oh, um dew yeah you can't talk about that that's uh yes <laughs> you absolutely can't talk about that um but you know i i got into some hot water or, or hot dew uh recently um for for a cartoon i did and um i mean let's talk about just the just just the overarching <laughs> the overarching point here i mean i'm trying to figure out what is it about satire that triggers people so much i mean it's it's a it's a picture all right at the end of the day um and you choose your response so i'm trying to figure out why would you lose your mind over a picture particularly one that's drawn yeah um it's fascinating so that this whole uh experience has been really fascinating for me i guess the the first thing i should say is um lots of people didn't get it at all they didn't they didn't get the cartoon mm. um and the the reaction that it got the negative reaction was entirely anticipated by me probably true to say it was intended by me so it's mm. in a weird way you could say the response to that cartoon provided the punchline even though it's not a funny cartoon right there's not really a gag but it it underlined the point i was making um and uh it it's done it, it's done what i what i sort of hoped it would do which i think you know as as a cartoonist you um you have to challenge people you have to throw stuff out that that challenges people um and some people think well you can't say that and then other people think think thank goodness somebody's finally said that um it's uh it's a cartoon that has several layers of irony built into it and then what happened was um all the people who who went crazy and got mad about it ended up adding several more creamy layers of irony on top that i hadn't even put in you know um because you mentioned kosher at the start and obviously um one of the things the cartoon is commenting on or asking people to think about is this whole idea of what is permitted what's legal what's allowed what rules apply to this group of people that apparently don't apply to anyone else um you know that this question of law which obviously <clears throat> is uh has 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 come to fruition now at the Hague and uh with the South African case and uh again another layer of irony was that all of the people who saw no problem at all with the legality of the situation depicted were suddenly really really hot on what the law said about about what drawing somebody was allowed to do yeah uh, and and started reporting me to the police um people who apparently would never dream of calling the police about a genocide but a but a picture you know then you got to go authorities mm. yeah. i mean 
I, I, look, to be to be fair though, you go through a lot of uh, a lot of uh, time putting that cartoon together. I mean, you, you talk about multiple layers of irony, but I mean there are multiple layers of watercolor also. I mean, it takes a long time yeah. to to put together a, a cartoon like that. If you had no response, I think it would have been really sad. <laughs> it would have been sad, but that's a good point. You know, that that's the thing. Um, it mm. does take a long time to put them together, and and I spend a long time thinking about them. I've been thinking about that cartoon probably since October seventh. You know, I've been wondering. Just coincidentally, do, you know, yeah, coincidentally, uh, <laughs> what I should do, you know, how I should say it. I figured out exactly what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. Um, you know, a lot of people I think out there think they've caught me out somehow. Like I, I've been a cartoonist for. Um, 15 years and I'm somehow not aware of certain visual tropes and their history and everything. Uh, <laughs> it was all absolutely in, intentional and with a purpose. Um, that's the other weird thing, you know, saying about satire, it, it, the idea that a satirical artist might not be able to take um, a historic trope, a visual trope and use it in a way that's, that says something different to what it was originally intended to mean or is commenting on an entirely new situation. If you say no, you, every time an artist uses any kind of visual trope, we assume it always must be saying what the original trope was designed to say. That's incredibly limiting for satire. Um, that, mm. that, seems, that seems mad because the biggest irony of all the, and the most disgusting irony that made me want to do that cartoon the thing I've been finding most interesting is precisely that this uh, awful trope existed um, about uh, a group of people that, that, that was designed to smear an entire group of people and say that they're, they're these awful scary monsters who who kill children who, who harm children you know, and it's it, that's obviously a piece of propaganda that was commissioned by a state who had an agenda and has caused all kinds of problems. And I think all the, the idea of any kind of piece of propaganda that seeks to to um, let, smear and tarnish an entire group of people is nuts. It's mad. You know, um, I am absolutely against that. But obviously what happens, you know, what would happen if a representative of that people, someone who claims to represent the, the people in, in, in that original trope, arguably the most powerful representative in the world of those people, actually embodies that trope in, the, in that that individual person starts indiscriminately killing thousands of children? What would the reaction be to that? You would hope, uh, you know, I would certainly have hoped and thought that everybody within that group of people and without that group of people would be absolutely disgusted at that individual, that powerful individual head of state, for becoming the very thing that they'd spent years fighting against, that idea, the idea that they are indiscriminate child killers. No, you can't do this. This is absolutely disgusting. We absolutely oppose it. You're smearing all of us. You're dragging all of us down. 
But instead, what happened is loads of people said it's okay for him to do that because he's one of those people. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. That's exactly why I drew yeah. him, individual person, in that way. But that's the other thing, um, Bob, that, that also bewildered me, is you weren't making in that cartoon a comment about a group of people. You, you quite literally had two very, very specific individuals who we can recognize. Uh, yeah, and, three. and they... Yeah, three three I mean, heads of state. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. All right. Uh, th this isn't a general comment on, I don't know, let's just say Jews or Americans or whatever. Um, it's exactly those people in the cartoon. And the, the other thing yeah. that really blew my mind is how people somehow attach Netanyahu to the entire state of Israel and suddenly come out in his defense and have so quickly forgotten that he really didn't care about them for the last few years where he was trying to impose vaccines on them and he locked them down and he clearly showed he doesn't care about them at all. Now suddenly he's some sort of hero that needs to be defended. It's weird. Yeah, he suddenly wants to, or, or, or he um, suddenly wants to defend the people in Israel that he's been going out of his way to kill for three years now. Um, the idea that I find it mind boggling that the people who understand what's just happened and the nature of it, the nature of the lockdowns, how the leaders knew exactly what was going to happen, how dangerous the jabs were, how much time that, you know, the, the years that have passed with people getting these injections and just dropping dead day after day after day. And Netanyahu offered up the Jewish people to be guinea pigs for the entire world, for the most dangerous medical experiment that the world has ever witnessed in Israel. He did that in Israel. That, for me, makes him more despicable than any other world leader, precisely because of the historic context. And suddenly you you wave the idea of terrorists at people and and they go straight back to believing that these uh, western democratic leaders are the ones who need to protect us and save us why would a man who's gone out of his way to strip his people of their rights and their freedoms and to inject them with poison on hearing that some terrorists had killed a few more of them that he missed with his syringes <laughs> Wouldn't he be glad? I don't. I think at, at best he'd be indifferent about it. Uh, so the whole thing is upside down. But my, if people look at my work, uh, if people actually bother to go back and look at what I've done for the last few years, they would understand that I am not opposed to any group of people or any belief system or any any race, any religion. I'm on the side of all ordinary people who are just trying to get on with their lives in every country of the world and I see the biggest threat to humanity being those Western quote-unquote democratic leaders okay it's not fundamental Islamic terrorism that is not terrorism is not the biggest threat we face by a long stretch it's one of the first things I understood at the beginning of all this it's like well terrorism mm. is obviously not what we thought these people uh, indiscriminately killing billions and billions of people. They don't care about the people in their own countries. So the idea that they've spent all this time trying to stop terrorist attacks is nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. 
I'm not saying I'm not saying you know oh, Hamas isn't real or it doesn't matter. That's not the point. It's just there's this whole new narrative now of yeah. Islamic terrorism is going to kill us all, and it's like no, your your leaders, your own leaders, have already done that. You know what's also very weird to me is, I thought that the sort of polarization um, that was occurring 2020, 2021, um, the the vitriol and the hatred that was that was being spewed across social media and around us. I thought that was yeah. quite bad. I thought the vaccine rollout, the jab rollout, was quite yeah. bad. Then, then just as you know, as Lockstad, I thought. The vaccine rollout, the jab rollout was quite yeah. bad. Then, then just as you know, as lockstep would have it, uh, everybody got bored, and so Ukraine started. And then yeah. the little flags, emojis appeared in everybody's profiles. And then again, there was just more polarization and more division. Oh, how can you? How can you defend Putin? Oh, you're a bad person, and and it got and it, and it got pretty violent again. Now, you got people. Just openly saying, just you know, just wipe out Gaza. Yeah, you know, just flatten it. You know, get and 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 the and the catchphrase have you noticed is Hamas. Hamas now is like this catch-all phrase. <laughs> just wipe out Hamas. A hospital's yeah. wiped out. Yeah, because Hamas was there. <laughs> well, just, just destroy Hamas has become the new control the virus. It's just this phrase yes. everybody tucks around to justify horrific crimes. Destroy Hamas. Destroy Hamas. Um, yeah, it's and it's very similar. It's a very similar argument or lack of argument to the beginning of, of the uh, pandemic and the lockdowns and all of that, where people were saying, well, if we don't do this, then X number of people will die or the health system will collapse. We have to lock down. We have to, and you kept saying it doesn't matter how dangerous you think this is or how many people you think will die if we don't do lockdowns. There is no justification. There is no circumstance in which doing this is okay. It's the same thing now. Whatever you think happened on October the 7th, however dangerous you think Hamas might be if, if they're not dealt with, you know, it doesn't justify what's being done. Nothing justifies it. And part of what I was trying to do with my cartoon was make these people really own their position, really come out and say, we, we support this genocide we agree it's not just that they were saying we think your cartoon is anti-semitic almost all of them were saying we like what he's doing yeah uh okay. bob just hold on one moment quickly and go to a break i'll be back with you shortly my name is germ this is tnt tnt's mark morano this just in we have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways streets and other public areas Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way. We have a uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. I don't want to see protests shut down. But obviously, when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that, you need to be dealt with. I thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. 
Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. So after this cartoon, Bob, what are you going to maybe just do like a still life or something? Just a still life, yeah. Um, it, it, is, it, is, uh, it is tricky sometimes to know what to follow up with. Um, just to I take mean, a break. <laughs> yeah, I'll just paint a nice landscape. But, you know, probably whatever, <laughs> I do, whatever I do next, there'll be people out there who who will read into it and try and find something yeah. offensive, if it's, you know? Uh, like this, if there's, if there's a flower in it, it's going to be anti-Semitic. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a Muslim flower or whatever. Why do you support Hamas? <laughs> why do you support Hamas? That was the interesting thing. So many people uh, started saying, now draw Hamas or now draw, you know, an anti-Islam cartoon. As I've already said, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that because I don't think that is the big threat we face. I, I think yeah. I, I'm really bewildered by people who've gone back to thinking that the Islamic terrorists are our biggest problem. Um, but also, I don't take requests anymore. I don't. No one tells me what to draw. In fact, if the more people who ask me to draw something, the less likely I am ever to draw it. You know. Um, <laughs> and I love that. I love that one. Com- that one comment where someone said, "Yeah, but would you would you do the Chinese pre- president eating a child?" And you're like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is." <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I Two years ago, I already, I already did it, and no one called the police. So, uh, yeah, and, and but you know, lots of people. Um, were kind of saying, oh, I bet you wouldn't draw Mohammed. But I thought it's, that, that's very interesting. The whole, um, mm. the whole cartoons thing in, in light of this, because lots and lots of the commentators and media people who were furious with me and reporting me and wanted uh, something done. And, you know, then they would, a lot of them were disappointed to find that I'd already been fired from my job. So they couldn't, they couldn't uh, get me fired again. But, um, <laughs> No, they they are all people who made such a fuss every time there was a controversy about a Muhammad cartoon. They would be out straight away saying, "We cannot censor cartoonists. Freedom of speech. Cartoonists should be free to criticize, yeah. especially a religion. We should we should have no boundaries on on restri- or restrictions on on cartoonists." Um, they are all the people who who said, "I shouldn't be allowed to draw or publish uh, the cartoon I've just done." Mm. Just again. Another fascinating layer of irony. Double standard. Mm. Do you remember that uh, that that Muhammad thing? Uh, it must have been about two thousand and five, thereabouts, or two thousand and eight, nine. I don't remember when it was, but uh, where they they created that campaign called "Everybody Draw Muhammad Day," and they wanted yeah. everybody around the world to draw Muhammad. And I remember there was this very very funny uh, cartoon in a, an American newspaper. It was a one, single panel cartoon. 
and it looked like that sort of West West Wally layout, you know, with uh, super busy. Uh, and yeah. and the and the and the title was West Muhammad. Now it got a lot of traction, and a huge amount of people got upset by it. But the funniest part of that entire cartoon well, was there was no Muhammad. He wasn't in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, pe- and so people got upset over over not having Muhammad in a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a very clever way of of making a more interesting point. You know, I I know mm. that, and you, you will know this as a cartoonist too that. There are there are certain cartoons you might do, or there's a drive in us as cartoonists just just to, yeah. to do things that are naughty that people will be find outrageous, you know, to say the unsayable, um, or to provoke a reaction. And and I think a lot of the Muhammad cartoons that have been published in the past, especially if you look at the Yilans Post and uh, the Danish Muhammad cartoons thing, specifically commissioned to just because they knew people would get angry. And it would cause an argument, and I think there's. And it's a place the same as Charlie Hebdo, and same as Charlie Hebdo. But mm. I don't. I always try. Um, if I'm going to do something that I know will be taboo or people won't like, or people say that's really you know awful, mm. uh, I try to put more into it than just this is going to provoke people. This is going to people won't believe I've drawn this. I think if you can do that, but do something a bit more intelligent with it. And make more of um, a nuanced point sometimes, like exactly what you just said about the genius of doing a Where's Wally type cartoons and Where's Mohammed and Mohammed's not even in it. That really makes people mm. start to think. And again, the reason people start to think is because of the reaction. And yeah. The joke is on the people who are reacting. That's exactly. a much better way to do it. Yeah. Um, but also, the thing is, is that, I mean, just to continue your point that you were essentially alluding to the fact that there are holy cows um i i i personally do think there are some holy cows i wouldn't for example i'm not going to go and draw a cartoon about your family i think it's just it's just ridiculous and also why would i and for the same reason is why would i draw muhammad because he's a spiritual leader to a few billion people right and he hasn't done anything wrong you know he's not the you know he's not the the bad guy yet it's the believers or the followers or whatever it might be or the people who've actually done wrong things netanyahu himself is somebody he's a leader he's a political leader he's one of the most powerful in the world he has he should have cartoons drawn about him um he but is, he's some, a real person who exists yeah and is acting yes, in the world yeah correct and so in other words you're punching up but in many ways if you're going after Offending people also, by the way, is easy. I mean, you just have to draw a cartoon yeah, of, I don't know, Mary Magdalene giving Jesus a lap dance, and you're going to you're going to offend millions of people right off the bat. But the question yeah, is, so why I'm would you do that? Just going uh, to write that down. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and but that's punching down because firstly, neither yeah. of them are alive, um, uh, and and neither of them have done anything deserving of that so the only reason why i would draw that would be to provoke and i don't know what the provocation's purpose would be you know what i mean so yeah, exactly. I, I agree with what, exactly. I, I agree with what you're saying there has to be smart. sort of a, a meaning it's not smart because you can provoke people in that way without doing a drawing there are other ways of provoking that mm. kind of response you just shout at someone in the street if you're gonna if you're able to create imagery and art you it's a waste if that's all you're going to do with it really um 
But it's interesting, you're saying, you know, talking about the fact that Netanyahu, Joe Biden, Rishi Sunak are real people acting in the world. I, I've been thinking the last couple of weeks about how there's so much focus on freedom of speech. Everyone is always talking about freedom of speech and it's under attack or, oh, here it's gone too far. Here's why we need restrictions on freedom of speech. And it's all happening at a time when there appears to be for for a particular elite group of people in the world absolute yeah. freedom of action there are people who are free to do whatever the hell they like to millions of people uh without repercussions without anybody being allowed to say anything and obviously the freedom of speech debate only happens because there are some people raising their hands saying i think this is wrong i don't think they should be allowed to do this but people miss the fact that we've got you know freedom of action for a group of people who are taking away the freedoms for what ordinary people can do, how they can move around, what drugs they're allowed to take, whether they're allowed to see their family or not, whether they can celebrate Christmas, Easter. They're free to do that. And um, no one has noticed because everyone's just arguing about what we should or shouldn't be allowed to say. But stuff's happening. These people are doing things, real things that are affecting people, killing people, destroying lives, inverting our mm. morality. Uh, and to an extent, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a distraction, the free speech debate, in a way. It is. And, and, and while they're arguing over your cartoon and what you should and shouldn't be allowed to draw, uh, yeah. very sneakily and quietly, Pfizer is now making a vaccine for a disease that doesn't even exist. Yeah, disease X. Um, yeah which is interesting it's going to be uh interesting the more people who start referring to disease x on the platform x uh, <laughs> there's going to be a singularity <laughs> yeah well it is and it's a symbol of inversion isn't it the x that's what it that's what it means um yeah people are being distracted distracted all the time and and they can't see irony anymore they don't recognize hypocrisy and that's our job, right? That, as cartoonists, that's, we, we just seek out irony and hypocrisy and then just show it to people. But that, that's, uh, that's exactly right, Bob. Yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I'm not doing anything else. I'm just drawing pictures. I'm not, I'm not bombing any children. I haven't jabbed anyone with poison. I didn't lock anyone in their homes. Uh, and, and people are more angry about mm. a guy who draws a picture than, than these, you know, uh, psychopaths by the way your 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 picture drawing um is is remarkably good uh, without even labeling netanyahu you can see him a mile away i remember when i was uh, starting out in the industry years ago someone said to me you know just write their name so that people can get it so you know uh, yeah. you've made it you know you know you've made it if you can draw him without writing his name <laughs> That's that's quite an American thing. They the, the Americans like to stick labels on everybody, uh, and I, I yeah, it's it's the biggest cop out I think. Um, if you can't, I mean, sometimes like when I was working for the paper, sometimes you would have to include a figure in your cartoon who'd maybe only just entered the news that day, so it was not recognisable, but was kind of essential yeah. to have it. So then you might put a label uh, on it, but I never liked doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that that cartoon, it wasn't fun to do that cartoon. It was not an enjoyable cartoon to to draw and paint. You know, it's dark. It's a dark, dark 
subject. Yeah. Um, and they're horrible, hideous, ugly people um, doing despicable things. But, you know. But, uh, Bob, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about you, though. I mean, after this cartoon and the previous one with <laughs> the, the previous one where you just we just decided to go after everybody in existence who's who's yeah. who's evil. Um, yeah. You know, if I were you, I'd where be into the presence by now. I, I, it worth worth pointing out that I did draw Hamas in that one for those who, who draw Hamas, draw Hamas. You know, I've already drawn Hamas. The, the, the Hamas terrorist in that one, if you care to look. Um, but I, but I mean, put those two cartoons together, and you know, I can understand if you want to take an antidepressant. <laughs> well, but then in between, I did the jolly um, Three Wise Men one. Did you see that that I put out at Christmas? Ah, oh, it was great at Christmas. Yeah, it was great. I, I try never to do two in a row like that. I'll I'll have a gap in between where I just do something jolly, um, not just because I need it. I think I think people who follow my work need a bit of respite now and again. They just they just need to yeah. have a chuckle without. You need without to you need to you need to balance it out. So your so your your next cartoon yeah. is going to be um, a, a a green meadow with with rainbows and and bunnies. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> I can't do rainbow. You can't. You can't do a rainbow anymore. They've stolen the rainbow. <laughs> you can't do that. Okay. It's been they hijacked. Be they have to be trans bunnies if I put a rainbow in it. No, I don't want to. I don't want to do that to rabbits. Um, I was chatting to you the other day, and I think as a cartoonist, one of <laughs> one of the most horrible briefs that you can ever get given is do a positive cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is because you've had that brief, haven't you? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> do something uplifting. <laughs> do something uplifting. But that's, you know, we're, we're naturally cynical people. I think you've got to be naturally mm. cynical to be a cartoonist. You, you have to have that underlying thing. I'm, in a, in a weird way, though, I'd say I'm much less cynical now than I used to be in myself. Yes. In the way I look at the world. A lot less cynical. Um, I think that's partly because a lot of the things that used to kind of confuse me about why does this happen? You know, it's so frustrating. Oh, this, all this like corruption, why do they lie all the time? Why, why does none of this make sense? You, you kind of, once you have your eyes opened, all of that makes yeah. sense. It doesn't annoy you in the same way. Um, and, uh, and I, I do think there's lots and lots of reasons to be hopeful. I, I had decided that I would try and be less dark. Um, around the end of last year, you know, because I I thought most of the people get it now. Most I've dealt with the figures, these horrible monsters um, who are doing all this stuff. I think people understand it. And I would get quite low after doing certain pieces of work, like my um, coronation, you know, King Charles one that I did, uh, which people really liked, but it kind of took a lot out of me in terms of the negative energy. And uh, so I thought maybe I should just focus on us, just focus on the optimism and the truth and where we're going from here. But then, of course, um, this new thing kicks off and you look around and go, oh, people still don't get it. People still don't understand that all of these people are in it together and there's an agenda and they're moving us in one place, you know, people popping up saying, I'm going to vote for Trump. Donald Trump's going to save us all. And you just kind of go, ah, uh, you know, that's the main reason I, I created the bloodbath cartoon and put him right in the middle to make that 
point of like this guy, not your savior. He's in this club and he's as culpable as the rest of them. And uh, it's important that you recognize this, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to do a bit more of the of the horrible, dark uh, stuff. But I'll try and pepper it with rainbow, not rainbows, flowery meadows and bunny rabbits. <laughs> Bob, I'll be back with you in a moment. My name is James. This is TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. You know, there's no escaping from the liberal propaganda. If you sat down to escape into NBC's show Chicago Med last Wednesday, this is the crap you had shoved down your throat. Wait, why are you moving my wife? Sir, please, it's just temporary. Hey, Mr. Martin. You okay, what's going on? Did you two authorize this? Mr. Martin, my apologies. It appears we're momentarily You think I don't see what's going on, but you, you're giving all the rooms to them. Hold on now. Same thing happened at my kid's school. They commandeered her gym for a shelter. Look, wait, I assure you we have enough resources to take care of everyone. No, we don't. People keep saying that, but we just don't, okay? The whole volleyball season got canceled, and my daughter needed that for a scholarship, and now my wife. She's obviously not receiving your full attention. How come nobody's looking out for us? A legitimate question. They're kicking his wife out to make room for an illegal alien. I understand that this is an inconvenience, but we do need to free up this room. Okay, go no. ahead. Get away from her! Wait, wait. Please. Stop handling me! Come down! No! No! Please, no! Get away from me! Get off of Damn, me! Mr. Mark. Get off of me! Get off of me! And the racist white man gets taken away by the police. Exactly what he deserves. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. Eggs. You can fry them, scramble them, poach them, boil them, or race them on a spoon. But uncooked eggs can be a risk for food poisoning. To be safe, avoid buying dirty or cracked eggs. Always wash your hands after handling eggs. And if you're concerned, pregnant, elderly, or have a poor immune system, make sure you cook eggs until the yolk starts to firm. Or look for new pasteurized eggs. For excellent eggs, handle them safely. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Bob, you were saying earlier that uh, there were people wanting to, you know, get you fired after this cartoon. But I think I think something worse could happen now. Now that you're independent, they could try and get you re-employed yeah. in, a, in, a, in a mainstream paper yeah. as punishment. They could. That would be awful <laughs> if I was ever offered a <laughs> Honestly, if, if a mainstream newspaper offered me a job now, it would be the worst thing. I mean, I would not, I would not consider it for a second. Um, yeah, don't give them ideas. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, is there a label that you haven't been called? Um, because if you're a cartoonist, you should be called everything. Yeah, uh, I don't think there are many things that I've not been called over the last few years. Um, <laughs> anti, anti several different things or such and such denier. Uh, yes, denier. Mm every four letter word you can think of. Um, still the funniest, I mean, still the, the one I like most, which isn't really a, an insult. Sometimes people try and use it as an insult, which really amuses me is that loads of people still think I'm extremely old, as in they think I'm an 85 year old man and I'll get lots of okay boomer. Oh, it's all right for your generation. You're about to die. All of this stuff, it really, really amuses me. 
It's because Bob sounds like an old like an old man's name. Most, I, I've never met a Bob my age, ever. And um, <laughs> and obviously I work for the Telegraph, which has an average subscriber yeah. rate of uh, for 92, I think. That's not, I'm not even joking. That's So <laughs> when I worked for the Telegraph, people would write to me um, and it was clear that they, they thought I was the same age that they were. You know, I, I'm sure you remember in uh, Lady Thatcher's time. <laughs> I wasn't born. I wasn't born. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you remember? Were you there at the time when 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 America went to Vietnam? Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, the yeah, one? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But people do that as well. They say, "Well, what what cartoons were you drawing when we invaded Vietnam and things like that?" <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, well, it's really bad if you get an email. <laughs> it's really bad if you get an email, Bob, and someone says, "Yeah, but what were you drawing in '45?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the labels thing is fascinating as well. I mean, and I yes. and this game. This is a game that I know you know, I know you do too. I re I refuse to play this game. We are in a world now where uh, people are either given labels or they just pick a label and apply it to themselves. And what that appears to mean is you cannot engage with those people in an honest way, in a normal way. Uh, people take on some label, whether, whether it's trans or, um, or you know, a doc I'm a doctor or I'm a nurse or um, I'm Jewish or, or whatever label they, they might have. Uh, then any ideas that they might put out into the world, anything they might call for, any demands they might make, it might be absolutely horrendous and unacceptable. And if anyone says you as an individual, you, you, you Jeremy or you Bob or, or or you Benjamin, whoever it might be, are awful. I disagree with you. I don't think you should be saying this. I don't think you, you should be doing these things. They just hold up their label and say, you can't attack my label. I'm immune from criticism because I have this badge on them. You know, I have the, I've given myself this, this title. Um, and I just refuse to do that. I, I will not, I, I don't care. I don't care what anyone wants to call themselves. Mm. If you're promoting disgusting ideologies, if you're calling for for genocide, or if you're calling for mass incarceration, or you're calling for a, a dangerous medical experiment, I will criticise you. I don't. No one is immune from criticism. Yeah. You can't have a world like that. Equally, uh, any anyone who has a particular label um, could be the most decent, honest, wonderful person I've ever Correct. met. Yeah. You know. Um, mm. I, I think that is equally absurd. The idea that everyone with this label shares a certain view or is equally dangerous or is equally deranged or that there are some there are some great people in the trans movement, for example, who absolutely disagree with with trans people being allowed to use any public bathrooms they want, who will say, no, um, we, we can't endanger children because of our own selfish need to be recognized. A lot of time for those people, you know. There, there are I, some of the loveliest people I've met over the last few years who are the most awake and really get it have been Jewish. It's not. I have no problem with. I just. I don't acknowledge the labels. I won't yeah. be confined by them. I won't be dictated by them. You know. I just see everyone on individual merit. What? What yes, do and you, you just, have to believe? That's it. 
And you, yeah, and Bob, you just identify as whatever you feel you need to identify as. <laughs> I do, yeah. I, I, uh, I, that, that's, well, that's interesting too. I don't know what to call myself anymore, which, uh, it, you know, it's very relevant, I suppose. I, I don't know I, whether I'm I have the same, it. yeah, I've got exactly, I've got the same situation. And the other day, I, I was, <laughs> you, you know, you've reached the boss level of labels when, <laughs> when you get labeled a communist Nazi. Okay, but now, so the so the Nazis were opposed to the communists. <laughs> now, so now, hang on, give me a moment. Here. I want to work out this one. A communist Nazi. <laughs> I don't know. You go down the rabbit hole far enough, you probably end up uh, not seeing much difference, or, or or realizing that a lot of the Nazis were actually communists. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think if you go down a rabbit hole deep enough, you basically arrive at the same point with everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't know if I'm a cartoonist or an artist or um, satirist or what anymore. Um, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I just keep mm. doing what I, you know, what? I mean, can't do anything. That, yeah, the other day you referred to um, one of your cartoons, not as a cartoon, but I think as a, as a painting, um, I think I think I, if I if I remember correctly, and I was thinking about this. You know what I mean? How do you define a cartoon? Yeah, that's a whoa. That's a that's a difficult question um, because partly a cartoon is defined by where it appears and where it's published. When people think of a yeah. cartoon, they would generally think of something in a newspaper. And as I said, my work's unlikely to appear in newspapers now. Um, and it also, you know, a cartoon has some some level of satirical criticism, social commentary to it. Um, when I when I create an image, and obviously my style is partly to do with style, whether it's a cartoon, and I do have a cartoon style. Although sometimes I kind of move further away from that cartoon style than others. But um, if I do a picture that is really just talking about you know, love for our children or something like something, some old fashioned idea, like children are precious and should be protected. Remember, you know, that that's something, uh, Jeremy, in the old days, people, lots of people used to think that. So if I do a picture like that, I just don't feel like it's a cartoon. It's more of a, just a painting. You know? um, so then we can, so we can refer to you as a, as a, as a, as a, as a fine artist. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I, I don't want to get in. I don't. I don't want to start offending fine artists. Um, <laughs> I'll do everything else. But uh, I always, um, I always associate this idea of a fine artist with you know conceptual stuff, um, which it shouldn't be. You know, it should just be anyone who produces artwork and sort of independently to sell and exhibit. Um, but I don't feel comfortable calling myself a fine artist or a cartoonist anymore or an artist or a journalist. Uh, I'm just, I'm just Bob who's surprisingly <laughs> not 85. With, 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 and with massive branding behind you. Yeah, this is my, this is my big heavy flag that I had made for a festival last year. And it's so heavy that it can't, uh, there's no flagpole that will support it. So I just have to drape <laughs> it over stuff. It's covering up my, my, um, my scanner there. It's just a good dust cover for my scanner. 
Um, you know, Bob, one of the one of the great things about, I suppose, being a cartoonist um, is it's the ability to be able to hold up a mirror. This is something that I think your cartoon has has shown um, in in terms of the responses. So many people who who before you published the cartoon were thinking they could hold up a mirror to themselves. And then suddenly the cartoon comes out and they're not interested. Yeah. Um, that, that should always be part of the goal. And it's certainly what I've been trying to do for the last few years with almost everything I've done is just l look at yourselves, think about what you're doing, think about what you're saying, and then uh, look at this picture and actually bother to read what it might mean <laughs> and then reflect again on, on who you are and what you're saying. And also now it's got to the point where you're asking them to reflect on what they were saying six months ago or a year ago or two years ago and how that aligns with their current position because most of it doesn't seem to. Um, and that's, yeah, I don't really see how that's... Uh, a danger to society having people walk around essentially holding up mirrors um yeah that's that's part of the power of satire that all good satire should do that um, and i and i that, that's the other thing i don't want to be somebody who only challenges the other side it's getting increasingly important to me to think of ways to challenge our own side, if you like, you know, the awake, the freedom movement, whatever you want to call it, the people who've been agreeing every now and again, I, I sometimes think, I feel like some of them don't really understand this. So I feel like if I did this, I think it, if I drew this, it would annoy them. Why is that? So I just like them to be annoyed if you like, and then think about why they're annoyed and just question no but they don't they don't they don't think about why they just they just get annoyed and then knee jerk and then and then they just they're yeah. just upset that you drew the cartoon that's all it is they're just upset that you that you drew netanyahu and you said the word kosher and they don't know why they're they're angry but you must stop being bob you know because they're angry and that's it they don't know what else to do yeah and um Possibly it's because uh, for a lot of them deep down, there's a, there's still a tiny flicker of, of humanity there that, that knows they, they've gone wrong somewhere. They, they're not quite right in their position over yeah. all of this. But then like we've seen with so many of the issues, they're kind of trapped in, in denial and their mind is furiously trying to block out anything that threatens their their delusion basically um and and so they yeah they it's a knee-jerk response i mean that's interesting i don't obviously the the cartoon has been shared probably more than anything else i've ever done you know millions and millions of people have seen that cartoon and for most people it's just it's popped up on their feed basically with a with a brief uh piece of text this is anti-semitic this is vile and then the image I think what happens is most people just read this is anti-Semitic and they don't even bother to stop and look at the picture and, and analyze it and think, oh, what what might he be doing here? What's going on here? Uh, because, like you say, they need to have that just that knee-jerk response, you know, or, oh, I trust this person I follow who says it's anti-Semitic, so I wouldn't even bother to decide for myself 
<laughs> whether it is or not. Um, yeah, but you know, you got to, you have to um, challenge yourself too. I mean, I always try and challenge myself. Uh, more, more kind of interesting ways to say things or, or cleverer things to do with imagery and ideas and irony. And um, I got told, I mean, I don't, and I don't mean this in the sense of this is going to sound arrogant. I don't mean it to sound arrogant. I'm just, um, when I worked for the newspaper, I used to get told so many times, um, I'd, I'd show an idea and the editor would say, oh, I can see what you're saying here, but it's just too clever. People won't get it. It's too clever for the readers, you know, or it takes too long. You have to look at it for too long to understand it. So you can't do it. And I'd understand why, because um, it's a different thing in a newspaper, but it used to really frustrate me. Now I don't have to worry about that, you know, and I refuse to dumb down my ideas out of some mm. fear that a few hundred people might not get yeah. it. Probably the only reason they won't get it is because they just don't bother to actually look at it properly. Mm. And uh, very freeing for me now to be able to have an idea that I like, says what I want to say in the way I want to say it, and I can just do it. Mm. Time is against us now. Um, so based on that cartoon, I think it would be great if we could uh, find out how I could follow you. Maybe also just, if you don't mind, giving out your, your, your street address and your phone number. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I can give you a GPS location for where to find me. <laughs> and uh, I'll, go, I'll go out and, and paint a big uh, target on my lawn. <laughs> um, uh, you can find my work at it's all on my website, which is bobmoran.co.uk. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Bob's Cartoons. Uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, Bob Moran underscore artist, I think. And I have a Telegram channel as well that I think is just my name. Uh, yeah, those are the places to to find me. Just quickly, Bob, has that cartoon um, or any cartoon of yours been um, removed or censored from one of the social media platforms? Um, there's no, I mean, that's one of the things I thought would happen. It's very interesting. It wasn't removed from, um, Twitter mm. or X, whatever you call it. And I think, you know, that's a whole other conversation about the things they allow to spread around that they want there. Um, Facebook is the worst. I've had loads and loads of things taken off Facebook. Uh, and almost all of the things that have been taken off Facebook is my blackface Trudeau. Anything <laughs> with my blackface Trudeau on it, Facebook <laughs> removed. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't like just it. First, I did for an experiment. I put up the actual photos of Trudeau in blackface. That was fine. <laughs> just quickly before we before I go, as a uh, uh, Thomas asking, Jerm, can you ask Bob if he's still working with the Democracy Fund in Canada? No, I'm not anymore. That was uh, that lasted for a year. Um, that arrangement, which was a very kind of. Uh, informal in the sense that there, I wasn't, uh, there was no editorial thing. I was no interference. They kind of gave me total freedom to do what I wanted. And they just, they very generously paid me a salary while I, while I sorted myself out after losing my job. And then we parted ways at the end of, uh, 2022 amicably because, um, I was fine to be on my own then. Okay. And they're a charity. And I said, I don't want you giving me money when you're a charity and there's people you could help. Yeah. So no, I'm not working for them anymore. All right, we are almost out of time. Bob Moran, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thanks, Jim. It's been great fun. We'll do it again soon.
We'll do it again soon. It's always fun chatting to you, Bob. And uh, please send me an email, jimwarfare at tntradio.live. Don't forget to share this conversation uh, when it's it's on the website, TNT's website. You'll find it there. Uh, I am out of here. I'll catch you on Monday. On behalf of Joel, Alex, and myself, my name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.